Bibles, open them up to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, verse 15, we'll start off here. Just sit back, relax, take some notes. The Holy Ghost gave me a word that I think is going to be a real blessing tonight and build your faith. Matthew 13, 15. Jesus said these words. He said, For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their heart and turn, so that I should he- shall heal them. Now go to Matthew 8. Just go back a little bit to Matthew 8. Verses 16 and 17. And it says, When evening had come, they brought to him, to Jesus, many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Man, that's good. The Word of God is rich. Now, this message came to me on Wednesday nights. We have a prayer service. And during our prayer service, I usually stand over here. And all of a sudden, within 30 seconds, the Holy Ghost downloaded this whole eight-page page message. Just in 30 seconds, boom, it came. So, Ephesians 1.3 says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Spiritual blessing. Say spiritual blessing. So listen, everything, all the blessings through Jesus Christ are rooted in the spirit realm. Did you know that? Now I see new faces. I want to welcome you all here. But... So I want to touch on some things that I did in the past. But everything, Jesus blessed us with spiritual blessings. That's why when you got saved, things just don't happen automatically in your life. The blessings aren't automatic. You have to receive them. Are you hearing me? Amen. All the provision for healing... All the benefits of salvation are spiritual blessings and they must be transferred into the natural realm through faith in each promise through Jesus Christ. Now here, you got to understand this. You have to have a spiritual mindset or what I'm talking about tonight, you're going to think is just foolishness. But that's okay. You can keep your sickness or disease. I'm, I'm telling you, this is a key. Are you ready here? Sickness, disease, and demonic bondage are a part of the curse of the law. If you look at Deuteronomy 28, it lists out the blessings and it lists out the curse. And sickness, disease, and bondage, they never brought glory to God. Are you following me? Come on, somebody. Galatians 3.13. Now, let me just tell you this. You have to know that sickness, disease, and bondage, they entered through the fall of man. Okay, when they disobeyed God, Adam, Eve didn't get her name until after the fall, so we'll say Adam, right? When, when the fall happened, that's when the floodgates of hell opened on this earth. That's when the curse came upon this earth. That's when sickness, disease, and bondage came in. All right? So we know then, because of the entry point of those things, we know it's not the will of God for you to experience those things. 
Amen. Because those things enter through sin. Hello, somebody. If you think sickness and disease and bondage is the will of God, you're really saying sin is the will of God then. And it's not. Amen. So Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus Christ became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham can come upon us and be manifested in our life. So healing and wholeness, really being in health is the will of God. Healing is a provision. Are you following me? It's the will of God that you don't get sick or diseased. That's the perfect will of God. Are you following me? You got to realize this tonight. You got to understand this, that you were created to be blessed. You were created to be blessed. If you can't get that truth in your thought life, we're done tonight. We're wasting our time. You got to know that you were created to be blessed. Amen. So, you know, we can by our own free will open the door to the curse with willful sin and disobedience, but that's our own foolishness. That's not God putting it on you. Are you following me? The will of God is for us to abide in Christ, to abide in that secret place, that secret place of blessing, that secret place of health, that secret place of provision for your life. Amen. And in the word says this, that he has given us precious promises that pertain to life and godliness. There is not one area of your life that the word of God does not have a promise to cover. All right, so here we go. So we are spirit. We are a spirit being, right? We're a spirit being. We possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we live in an earth suit. We live in a physical body, amen? But here's the problem. Are you ready for this? The more dominated you are by your fleshly nature in your unrenewed mind, the less you will be able to access the spiritual blessings through Jesus in the spirit realm. This is why the Word of God tells us to maintain a spiritual mindset, to think on things above, not on things of the earth. Are you following me? Is there sickness, disease, and bondage in heaven? Think on things above. We are too focused on the junk that's taking place on this earth. And this is why we're not seeing breakthrough in our life. Amen? If you need a physical healing, you need a, an emotional healing and or deliverance tonight, you need to pay very close attention to what I'm t- about ready to talk about here. The Word of God, listen to this. The Word of God says that our heart is like a garden. Say garden. Our heart is like soil, according to Jesus, when he talked about the parable of the sower that we'll talk about later. But the condition of the soil of our heart will determine what happens to the seed of the Word of God that gets planted in your heart. See, all I am tonight is a spiritual farmer. I'm sowing seed from the Word. Now, it's up to you to make sure your heart is in the right place to receive it. Amen? Listen to this. In Matthew 5.45, Jesus said that our Heavenly Father sends rain on the just and unjust. Have you ever heard that before? Now, how many times have you heard someone talk about that in a negative sense? Oh, it's going to rain. No, that's in a positive sense. Rain in that, it's looked at in a positive sense. Rain is a positive thing or else nothing grows. Are you following me? 
Here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Listen to this. He said, apart from the gift of healings and the gift of miracles in operation. He said this, a healing will not manifest until there is a saturation of the word of God. Or the word of God, a saturation in your heart, in your soul, and a saturation in the manifest presence of God. Listen to this. What does the word saturate mean? The word saturate is very interesting. It means this, to become thoroughly soaked, come on, with liquid that no more can be absorbed. Oh, come on. By the way, my message title tonight is this, the spiritual saturation point. Spiritual saturation point. Now, I grew up in Imlay City on a carrot farm for the first 18 years of my life. The problem, listen to this. So I know a little bit about farming, right? I was a farm boy. The problem was rarely in the seed. Are you following me? The problem was the condition of the soil. If the soil, oh man, I feel the anointing just come upon me right now. If the soil was dry, nothing would grow. The seed would try to sprout, but it would fail because it did. It couldn't get a root in the ground. And when it tried, there was no moisture, no water to promote growth. It's interesting. I'm tying this together. It's interesting that the presence of the Holy Spirit is referred to as what? Living water. And the Word of God is referred to as water also. The washing of water by the what? The Word. Third John 2 says this, Beloved, I pray or I wish that you may prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. The prospering, listen to this, the prospering, prospering of our soul, mind, will, and emotions takes place in our life when there is a saturation or an overflow of the Word of God and the presence of God in your life. Say saturate. Say saturation. This is why it's so important to get the Word of God in your eye gates and in your ear gates. Because there's two ways to get to your heart. There's two gates that enter your heart. I'm not talking about the physical pump. I'm talking about your soul, your mind, your will and emotions. There's two ways for it to get into you. And it's two gates. It's the eye gates and the ear gates. It's so important to position yourself in the manifest presence of God by praising and worshiping Him. That's why you're not going to see me cut praise and worship short. Because it's, how many of you felt the manifest presence of God? Now, when I talk about that, now we know God is everywhere. He's omnipresent, but he doesn't manifest his presence everywhere. What does that mean? I mean, you can feel him. You can literally feel him. I felt him tonight. Amen. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about the manifest presence of God. So when you are praising him, when you are worshiping him, when you're focused on him, you are inviting his manifest presence in your life. Now think about dry ground. All right. When it starts to rain on dry ground, you know, you see a couple of raindrops and it just soaks into the ground and it disappears. Right. 
But as it continues to rain, as more rain starts to fall, come on somebody, it hits a saturation point and it begins to flood and overflow. That's why I love when I see people come to services like this, when people come to Living Waters Chapel on Sunday, when I know you can tell people are dry as a bone. Some people are dry as a bone. Come on, somebody. This is pastor talking now. You can tell, you know, come on. Okay, there needs to be a little work here. They come the first Sunday and they're like, oh, okay, whatever. They keep coming. The, the praise and worship, you know, oh, that pra- they complain to their husband or wife about it. I get it, okay. And, and then they keep coming. And all of a sudden, they start to like it. Oh, oh, all of a sudden, it starts to become one of the most favorite parts of the service. Why? It's not because of the music. It's because of the manifest presence of God. If the presence of God is not in a service, we're wasting our time. Amen. So it's in that overflow that your expectation and faith start to kick in. A spiritual hunger. There's an overflow. You're starting to get saturated with the Word. You're starting to get saturated with the presence, manifest presence of God. Amen? And so it's, it's in that overflow that your expectation and faith kick in and a manifestation of the promise in the Word of God becomes visible in your life. But you've got to get to that. Come on, listen. To that saturation point. So apply that to healing. The word is health to all your flesh, it says. Are you following me? The word actually says that, Proverbs 4. The word is health to your flesh, even. You need to, if you're not getting the word, come on, somebody. Guess what? Then you're at the mercy of the gift, gift of healings or gift of miracles happen. When those are in operation, it doesn't matter where you're at. You could you can you know, whatever, you can be someone off the street and you have no ounce of faith and all of a sudden you receive a miracle. But I wouldn't wait for that if I were you. Because it might not happen. But we can always stand on the promise of God. The promises of God are always available. Amen? Hallelujah. So when the seed of the Word of God and the presence of God hits your dry heart, It may seem like nothing's happening, right? But something powerful is really taking place. There's a renewing of your mind. Uh, It's it's soaking in those mindsets. Because I guarantee you there's people here and watching around the world right now online that they have mindsets that you have heard that it's not the will of God to heal you. Uh, Anybody ever hear that? That is a lie from the pits of hell. It's through Genesis to Revelation. It's all right here. Amen? But there is a mind shift taking place. The mindsets of that dead religion, of unbelief, and Jamie spoke it tonight with that word, unworthiness. That's a big one. I'm not worthy to get this. You're really going to downplay what Jesus Christ did for you? Come on, somebody. Amen? So... I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, hitting that spiritual saturation point will create a desire and the hunger on the inside of you to experience his power, to experience his promises. Amen? Hitting the spiritual saturation point, listen to this, will cause you to tap into the wells of salvation. 
The Word of God talks about wells of salvation, not just one. Wells, plural. I'm no English major, but I know when you add an S, it's more than one. Are you following me? The Word of God is our daily bread, and His presence is our life and joy. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. We must get to the point in our heart where we're saturated or thoroughly soaked with the Word of God, soaked with the presence of God, so that faith can be generated in our heart to receive from the kingdom of God in the spirit realm. Go to uh, Luke 5. Luke 5. Hallelujah. Luke 5. Oh, we're going to get some awesome testimonies tonight. I'm telling you, I feel it. Luke 5.17, say saturate. Say, Lord, saturate me. Oh, we need to be saturated. Hallelujah. I'm feeling it right now, in fact. Okay, here we go. Luke 5.17, it says, Now it happened on a certain day, as he, Jesus, was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. You know, they're coming out to spy out the land. Yeah, you get that? Yeah. All right, some of you got that. Um, And the power of the Lord, this is what I want you to get. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Have you ever read that and be like, what does that even mean? The power of the Lord was present to heal them. So the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But listen to this. Jesus was teaching the Word of God, and He was anointed with power from the Holy Spirit. Amen? By the way, Jesus is the Word. John 1.1, right? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And He is the presence of God because He's the Son of God. Amen? Now, I want you to notice something. The power of the Lord was present to heal But listen to this, not all of them were healed. Did you notice that? Listen to me. It was present to heal, but not everybody was healed. The the power of the Lord is present to heal and hear. Listen to me. Go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. The provision is here. The provision for healing is here. Amen? Amen? Matthew 13. Verse 18. Oh, I love the Word of God. Now let's take a look at this real quick, the parable of the sower. Jesus said, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the Word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one who receives the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet, here it is, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a little while. For when tribulation or persecution uh, arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Cowards, right? Okay, here we go. Now, (laughs) Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Listen to this now. But he who receives seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, 
who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some uh, thirty. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I want you to notice something very important in that passage, the beginning of it and the ending of it. It says the wicked one comes along, the devil comes along, demons come along and take advantage of people. Are you ready for this? Who don't understand the word. Did you catch that? Who don't understand the word. But listen to this. But at the end there, it said, but the good ground of the heart is a person who understands. Uh, He understands it and the enemy cannot steal that seed in the heart. So we know then the difference is the understanding or not. This is the importance of teaching the word. Your healing, listen to this, your healing is hinging on whether you understand the passages about healing or not. Are you following me? This, this is powerful. So here's my point. The remedy for a lack of understanding is teaching the Word. Now, there is preaching and there is teaching. Preaching proclaims something. Teaching explains it. Since I've been pastoring here for two years, I felt a shift to, for a teaching anointing upon me. The Lord says the people need to learn. They've heard it. It's been proclaimed. But they need to learn and understand it. To be able to apply it to their life, there needs to be some teaching. Are you hearing me? So in Luke 5.17, it said the power of the Lord was present to heal. And that was because Jesus was teaching the Word of God. He was teaching the Word of God to give the people understanding of the covenant. That and, Come on. And that protects the seed. Understanding protects the seed. Now, we need preaching too. Preaching can be powerful, right? But I don't know about you. When I first got saved, I heard a lot of preaching of things, proclaiming. But I walked out of a church feeling as confused as I was when I walked in. I want it broke down, baby. I want, I want to know. I want to know how this thing works. Are you following me? Hallelujah. So, so, you know, Jesus was teaching and he was trying to give the people understanding and that understanding protects that seed in your heart. So planting the seed of God's Word into your heart means that you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with in your life. The Holy Spirit needs something to work with. So I don't care. You get up and you read just a little chapter. Read a half a chapter every day when you wake up at night before bed. Whatever. Just give Him something to work with in your heart. The Word is water. It's softening your heart. The Word is like a hammer. It's hitting the hard places of your heart. Are you following me? We need to do that. Your heart needs to be softened. Amen? So listen to this. Oh, I feel the anointing. Jesus went into His hometown of Nazareth, and it says that He could do no mighty works there except lay His hand on a few sick people and healed them. 
people, we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Do you, you even understand that? The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, anointed with power. He could only lay His hands on a few sick folk and heal them. You want to know what? Jesus operated on this earth as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit, just like us. And this shows that we have a responsibility in receiving as well. Look at Mark chapter 6. You getting anything out of this? We got to get saturated with the Word of God and the presence of God. Mark 6, it's time to get serious with God. It's time to, I'm telling you right now, don't be left out of this next move that's getting ready to happen. Amen? Come on. Now, Mark chapter 6, 1 through 6. It said, then he, Jesus, went out from there and came into his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, "What did this man? Uh, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this, which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not? Here's where they went wrong. You ready for this? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So that they, so they were offended at him. Say offended." Offense will hold your your healing off quicker than anything else. Verse 4, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Have you found that out among your relatives, people? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you will Thursday on Thanksgiving, okay? Yeah. (laughs) I gotta love family. Gotta love them. Verse (laughs) 5, Bless them, Lord. Okay, here we go. Verse 5, now he could do, here it is, now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled, Jesus marveled because of their, there it is, unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He said, hey, I'm done here. I'm out of here. You guys are, are you following me? I want you to notice that the main problem that hindered the power of God from impacting the people was willful unbelief. If Listen to this. If unbelief is by your own free will, then faith is by your own free will. That means we have a responsibility to receive the benefits. Amen? Many of those people were willingly hardening their heart towards Jesus. They were downplaying Him. They were offended in Him, right? You will never reap, listen to this, the Holy Ghost said this, you will never reap the benefits of the anointing upon a person's life or ministry that you don't honor or respect. I guarantee that will shut it off quicker than anything. That will turn that hose off quicker than anything. Unbelief is a problem of the heart. It's a hardness of the soil of the heart. Unbelief and doubt short circuits the power of God in your life. Why? You want to know why? Because it's out of God's divine order. Why? Because we were created to believe him. We were created to trust Him with everything we have. We were created to be in relationship with Him. So that's why doubt and unbelief separates, and it separates us from the power of God. 
It cuts the flow. Say cuts the flow. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right. That verse literally means this in the original. That faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. See, it's a continual hearing. A continual flow of hearing the Word of God. A continual flow, come on, of the water of the Word. (laughs) It's a soaking of the water of the Word. The Word of God is anointed. You need to hear... You need to hear it until that spiritual saturation point happens. And guess what? As, as you get to that point, you're going to hunger for it. Someone says, well, I don't hunger for, to read the Word of God. I have no desire. You know what I say? Force feed yourself. You force feed yourself the Word of God. And I guarantee you, it won't be long until you start to crave it. Because the Word of God is anointing. All that tells me, if you don't have a desire, it means you're feeding on the natural realm too much. You're feeding on the flesh too much, right? You're feeding on the wrong things. So you need to force feed yourself. Amen? My goodness. Every time you hear the Word of God, you are getting a dose of the Holy Ghost anointing. You're getting a dose of that living water applied to your soul, applied to your heart. Now, the Word of God is softening the heart or the soul to the point it becomes saturated. Listen to this. And it's at that point it becomes saturated. That's when expectation and faith are generated, like I said earlier, to receive and transfer the promises of God from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Some of you are saying, what in the world is he talking about? Hang around. Keep coming to these. You'll learn. Go to livingwaterschapel.org and listen to my past sermons. I talk about it all the time. Go to Matthew 8. Matthew 8. But here's what people, you know, you would, you would tap in. You will get, you've got to understand you're a spirit being, first of all. See, many of you are, are looking at yourself in the mirror and you think this is you. It's not. The real you is a spirit being. That's the real you that's going to be going up on the elevator or down when you take your last breath. That's the real you. Are you following me? Matthew 8, verses 5 through 13 here, and it says this. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Listen to this. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it when jesus heard it he marveled and said to those who followed assuredly i say to you i have not found such great faith not even in israel and i say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with abraham isaac and jacob in the kingdom of heaven but the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed, as you have believed, as you have believed. Can I stop now? (laughs) 
so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Number one, I want you to notice something. He was healed that same hour. It wasn't instant. It was within that same hour. Now, but Jesus, oh my goodness, this is powerful. The guy said, speak a word and my servant will be healed. Jesus marveled. Now, if Jesus marveled at something, I don't know about you, but that makes me say, I want to learn a little bit about what made Jesus marvel. Are you following me? So this man's heart was saturated with great faith. So much faith that he said, Jesus, listen, Jesus, okay, listen, you don't even have to come to my house. You don't even have to lay a hand or a finger on my servant. Speak the word only. Say, speak the word. word. Jesus spoke words only. Listen to this. Are you ready for this? And it was good enough for the centurion to turn around and walk away. Come on, somebody. How many times someone comes up here and gets prayed for and they walk away discouraged because they said nothing happened? Instead of walking away rejoicing, saying, I received it in Jesus' name. It was good enough. It was good enough. Just speak the word only. Jesus spoke it. We're good, Jesus. Thanks. Now, listen to this. Here's what you need to understand. How do I tie it into us now? We have the eternal written word of God right here. That is filled with precious promises for your life. Is that good enough to satisfy you? Come on, somebody. Is that good enough for you to read it, believe it, and confess it? And walk away knowing that you are healed. Listen, before you even see a manifestation in the natural realm. Listen to me. Remember this. Don't ever forget this. Faith has nothing to do with any of your natural senses. Faith is what carries you through until you get that thing. Are you hearing me, somebody? It has nothing to do with it. Faith has nothing to do with the natural realm. Now, here we go. So, faith is evidence in itself. Are you ready for this? Oh, come on, Lord. Let them get it right here. Listen to this. Faith is evidence in itself. Faith is the evidence of things what? Hoped for. And things not seen. Listen to this. Only the word of God can generate faith in your heart. Here's, here, here you go. It will create a picture in your imagination of seeing yourself healed. Listen to me. That's the evidence. That's all you need. Are you following me? Uh, I gotta, okay, how else can I reword it? Okay. All right. Faith, say it with me. Faith, Faith. Is, evidence is evidence in itself. All right. So it will create a picture in your imagination of seeing yourself healed. And that is the evidence. You got the word of God and the word of God is what builds faith. And that faith in you creates a picture. You see it. Now, when you see that in your imagination, that's your spirit, man. Are you following me? Faith is spiritual. Oh, I'm I'm teaching some deep truths here. Follow me now. If the word of God isn't good enough for you, there is nothing that anybody else can do. 
Are you following me? Again, Jesus couldn't do any mighty works because of unbelief. You must believe it before you see it manifested in your physical body and in your life. Come on. I'm just, I'm just taking a minute letting it soak in. You know, it's kind of like when you put oil in a car, right? Well, you, just, you put the cord in and you got to wait a minute because it's so thick. It's got to go down. This is some thick truth right here. It's got to soak in. It, there you go. It's got to saturate. Thank you, baby. Yeah, that's right. But listen to this. <laughs> I love you guys. I love humor. Humor is good to throw in, right? Keeps you all awake or most of you. Okay, here we go. Listen to this. But let's take a look at our life. What happened in our life that, that's allowed our heart to get hardened? What's happened in your life that's allowed uh, you to taint that belief system on the inside of you? See, many Christians, they try to talk themselves out of receiving from God, right? Now, here's what it comes down to as well, all right? This is coming from a pastor. A lot of Christians are lazy. A lot of Christians are spiritually lazy. They don't want to do it. Are you following me? So they have this they have this dry heart and they come once, maybe twice a week for a little sprinkle and they walk away dry. Are you following me? You you got to do something on your own when you're on your own. You got the Holy Ghost, you know that, right? Okay? Mm-mm-mm. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said the devil or a demon can only have an upper hand in a soul that is unrenewed or damaged. A demonic spirit cannot have the upper hand in the life of a Christian whose mind is renewed with the Word of God. Only with someone who has an unrenewed mind and they're damaged in their soul. This is the importance of emotional healing. This is the importance of counseling. This is the importance... Are you following me? This is the importance of confessing your faults one to another and praying for one another that you may be healed. You're trying to close that gate off to the kingdom of darkness in your life. Amen? So, and the result of an unrenewed or damaged soul is a hardened heart which will fail to produce breakthrough and fruit in your life. Okay? Every area of your life is affected by a damaged soul and a hardened heart, all right? The Word of God says that the heart is so important that the issues of life spring out of our heart. The issues of life. There is not one area of your life that your heart is not involved in. If your life is a mess right now, it's because your heart's a mess. Are you following me? And that's coming from love from a pastor. Come on. But that's why the Word of God tells us to guard our heart. Protect your heart. Keep it tender toward God. Keep it tender toward His kingdom. Keep it tender toward other people. Amen? When your heart or soul hits that spiritual saturation point with the Word of God, that's where demons start to panic. Come on, somebody. That's where, See, most deliverance sessions that we do take so long because people are coming in dry. 
But I've noticed the people that come in who are hungry for their freedom, they want to get set free, who've been getting into the Word. They've been praising God on their off time in their car, in their home, in their bedroom. I mean, they've really been getting serious with God. It's a breeze. It flows. Are you following me? So we need to get to that point of saturation in our life. I'm almost done. Stick with me here. Their hearts dry and hardened. Now, I find it interesting, listen to this, that the Word of God says that demons roam around in what? Dry places. Did you ever catch that? Demons like to be where it's dry. Now, listen. And again, the Word of God is referred to as water. The Holy Spirit's referred to as living water. In other words, are you ready for this? Demons are looking for an access point into your life where there's a lack of the Word of God and a lack of experiencing the Holy Spirit's power and presence. That's when they get access. Are you following me? My goodness. Dry, say dry places. Because they know if there's a lack of those two things, the Word and the presence of God in a life of a Christian, there's going to be disorder in that person's life. And demons love disorder. And the flesh will always overpower the born-again spirit. And they will gain access into your life. So there must be disorder for demons to enter your life. So what do you need to do to get them out? Get order back into your life and come see us for deliverance right there in my office. I hate you, <laughs> you know, people think that de- demons don't leave automatically. They must be cast out. They look at a person's physical body and soul as their home. You understand that? They say it's their home. They call it their house. Are you following me? So they don't want to leave. Amen. It's like that person, if you're, you're renting to or something, they're horrible, right? They're horrible. Just horrible. Well, they're not going to leave on their own. you got to go through the court system. And our court system is the blood and name of Jesus Christ. Kick them out. They, there has to be a command. Command them to come out in the name of Jesus. Amen? Now, I want to close this message with just real quick two examples here, and then we'll get to praying for people over here. Go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We must get saturated with the Word and in the presence of God. Amen? Mark 5, verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard, heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, 
turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? (laughs) Smart Alex. Answer the question, right? Okay. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the, the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. (laughs) My goodness. This woman heard about Jesus. She heard something and it created an expectation on the inside of her. Her heart was saturated, you could say, with expectation. Was it not? She was so saturated with hope, a confident expectation, that she was willing to press through a crowd. Think about that. Doctors couldn't help her. She hit rock bottom. Okay, When when nothing seems to help in the natural realm, there's usually a demonic spirit behind that thing. Are you following me? It's a spiritual thing. Everything is rooted in the spiritual. Are you following me? So she touched the hem. She touched Jesus' garment. And it literally caused the anointing of the Holy Spirit, power, to flow from Jesus into her physical body to manifest a healing. And Jesus told her that her faith has made her whole. So her faith drew the power out. Now, the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. I like these little he spoke this to me thing, right? Here we go. The expectation or hope that she had didn't convert to faith until she touched his garment. Oh, let me say it again. Up until the point, up until the point she touched his garment, it was hope. It was an expectation. Have you ever heard expectation is the breeding ground for what? Miracles. You ever hear that? So the Holy Spirit said this. He said it was expectation until she touched his clothes. When she touched it, her faith, faith at that very moment, drew the power of God into her body. And here's what happened. He said this. That was the point of contact that she created with her spoken words. Now listen to me. Oh, someone's getting a revelation bomb over here. The anointing or power didn't get released until that contact was made. Her soul was saturated with expectation that got transferred into faith. When she did what she said, she listen. She wouldn't. She wouldn't. She wouldn't have been healed if she didn't touch the hem of his garment. That's where her faith was. Each and every one of us, you need a healing in your body. Each and every one of you has a point of contact that you've created. Some of you have said, well, someone can lay hands on you and you just laugh about it. Yeah, but if this happens, man, if that pastor calls out my infirmity, man, I'm going to be healed. And usually that's when it happens. With how they're expecting, that's where their point of contact is for their faith. Are you following me? Go to Matthew 20 and I'm done. Matthew 20. Oh, I'm pumping you full of the Word tonight. You're you're so full. I'm going to have to mop this place up when you guys leave here tonight. Matthew 20. Matthew 20. Verse 29. Hallelujah. 
so much living water tonight. Amen? Matthew 20, 29. Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood still. I like that. Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Now listen to this. They heard that Jesus was passing by. So they had to hear something and that generated a hope. Say hope. You have to have hope before you can ever have faith. Hope is in the equation of faith. Hope gets transferred into faith or converted into faith. Are you following me? So they heard Jesus was passing by and it generated a hope, a confident expectation of their heart. You know, they were saturated with hope. They said, well, he's coming by. Here's our chance. How do we know when we're saturated with expectation? Because the crowd tried to silence them. Listen. How do we know that they were filled and saturated with expectation? Because the crowd tried to silence them and they cried louder. They weren't letting go until they had Jesus standing still. How bad do you want your healing? And now, that might sound like a foolish question, right? Of course I want it. But how bad do you want it? Are you willing to look like a fool? Come on, somebody. And that expectation, calling out to Jesus, it caused him to stand still. Jesus asked them, you got to love Jesus, listen to this. He asked them what they wanted him to do. Really, Jesus? Jesus, you can't see that these are blind men? And you ask the question, "What has anyone ever stopped to think, why would he ask that? Right? Of course you can see they're blind. They're just sitting there screaming. They're probably not even looking in his direction. Right? But Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Right? Jesus, oh, come on. You've got to get this right here. Jesus asked them that question so their hope or confident expectation would be converted into faith when they verbally released what they wanted him to do. Are you following me? spoken words are so important. Some of you are stopping the power of God because of your negativity. So negative, so negative. But Jesus did it to give them a chance to release their faith. So here's the deal. Be specific in your prayers. Expectation and faith are very specific. Don't be general. How do you know if you have faith for something? You're specific. It's laser focused on what you want. That's why Jesus said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? We want to be healed. We want our eyes. We want to see Jesus. Boom. Now you have faith because you have a specific goal now. Are you following me? 
Faith is never general. It always has a purpose. It always has a mission. It has a goal it wants to attain. So it's time that you truly position yourself to get saturated in the work with the Word of God, saturated in the presence of God. When you get serious about receiving the blessings of God through the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll begin to tap into those wells. Listen to me. Don't abort your expectation. Don't abort your faith. Hold on to the promises of God. Even when you don't see anything, faith is that bridge that's making a bridge between the spirit realm into the natural realm. Don't sever that bridge. God desires to see you living and experiencing in the blessings of of his new covenant. This new and better covenant, by the way. So Christians, you have one job. You have one job. Are you ready? You need to get and stay saturated with the word of God. Get and stay saturated in the presence of God and healing and a miracle breakthrough will happen. It will begin to happen in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up in this place. Spiritual saturation point. Prayer team, come on forward. All right, here's what we're going to... Now, first of all, if there's anybody in here, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Don't leave this building without making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you would like to make Him Lord and you want to publicly confess that today, you want to talk to someone about it, come forward to this altar and I want you to pray with someone on our prayer team. The born again experience. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. Visitors, thank you so much. So this is the end of the service. Uh, You know, the preaching part and praise and worship. We're going to stay here as long as everyone needs to pray for you. So I want you guys to make a line right at the uh, at the corner here, right on the side. And you're going to just stay right here and one come up at a time. We're going to keep it going. Listen, God knows everything about you. We don't need to need a whole life story. Amen. All we need is that point of contact. We're going to lay hands. We're going to believe the power of God's coming upon you. So when you, so you're going to get prayed for here and then step down here and the prayer team's going to pray for you. Then you can get out of here. Amen. All right. I love you all. Thank you so much for coming. Be blessed. And uh, we'd love for you guys to join us again. God bless you all. Have a great night.